you are stuck in the grind and don't know how to get moving, if you have lost your dream or struggled to know how to make it happen, if you have been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Valued Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life with tools, knowledge, and support that will allow you to create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who have already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. Today, I'm welcoming Tara Bryan as my guest. Tara teaches people like you how to create raving fans and lifelong customers through creating and selling online course experiences. With over 20 years of experience in the online course experience design and build space, Tara has been honored to work with some of the largest brands in the United States to create hundreds of courses that have helped businesses succeed and grow. She has consulted with companies on everything from onboarding to leadership development, and she's been able to help her clients get massive results for their employees and customers. Now she focuses on helping entrepreneurs, small business owners, coaches, and consultants just like you to create sticky and real results-based online course experiences to grow and scale their businesses more than they could with traditional offline one-to-one services. Tara, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to a great conversation and I'm just excited to get to know your story and uh, share that with my audience. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your entrepreneur journey and how you got started in in the online space or if that was even the first space that you were an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, it wasn't actually. Um, so I did the whole, you know, traditional path, go to school, get a corporate job, do all of that. And, um, and then 16 and a half years ago, decided to start my own agency. And so I created a digital learning agency where it was more brick and mortar helping corporations um, build and uh, create interactive learning for their employees and their customers so they could improve their performance. So I did that and, um, and it was great. So I, I, you know, grew and scaled the agency and, um, and it was great, but kind of ended up in that place of, you know, I left corporate and then I kind of created myself a new job, <laughs> right, right. By yeah. running an agency. And so, um, it, it was about five or six years ago, started thinking about now, wait a minute, like, I actually create online courses for other people. What if I created online courses and sold them myself? What would that look like? How could I um, really you know, have more freedom, have um, the ability to grow and scale my business in a totally different way? And so that sent me off on the journey of online courses and online, um, more of an online business than a brick and mortar kind of agency model. Um, and so that's a little bit like of my windy path of how I got to where I am today, which is really coaching and teaching people online. So I'm primarily, um, I do done for you services, but primarily I'm doing coaching and, um, and selling courses, um, for people online. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, uh, what a great, what a great recognition of the, you know, the transition that was possible 
right? And now yeah. to go from owning your job to <laughs> having the, having some more freedom of being in the, the online space <clears throat> is so much yes. better. Yes, and really, yes, just sort of stepping out of that trading hours for dollars model, right? Where it's, you know, traditionally, that's what we learn, right? You You go to work and you put in your time and then you get paid for the time that you are at work. And when you move to, a, you know, kind of starting your business for the first time, that's the model you know. And so that's the model that I followed is I still am trading my time for getting paid. I'm just doing it independently and, you know, eventually have a team and an office and all of that. But, but yeah, so it, it's sort of getting to that point where you can separate time from money, which is where things really start to um, give you the momentum to do other things as well, <laughs> other than working. Absolutely. So what was the biggest challenge in going from brick and mortar to to that this new model? Oh, well, I think, um, to be honest, the biggest challenge was just myself and sort of my mindset and all the gunk I had to go through to make that that switch. I think um, I knew I could do it. I knew that I had something that was viable. I could package my expertise in a different way than how I was doing it. Um, but I think that the model was just so ingrained in in how I thought about what what it meant to be an entrepreneur, what it meant to to run a business. That I think I was probably the, you know, that just making that transition was the hardest. And what hardest. what helped you through that? Um, sheer will and tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, you know, I think just really getting clear on why I needed to do it. And, um, I was, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was burnt out with what I was, what I was doing. It was, um, it was sort of overtaking my entire life. And so, um, I knew that I needed to make the change. So really connecting to why I was doing it and knowing that I had to let go in order to have new things come in. Um, I, I just, I just had to sort of get to that point of being okay with that. Nice. Well, I like the, the, you know, figuring out the why, right. And, and just, I mean, it's not only your driver, but it, it, it kind of shifts your mindset, um, to focus on a different, you know, <clears throat> instead of the daily grind, <laughs> you can be much more future focused and belief in yourself focused. Yeah. And just like being able to start solving a new problem, right? Like instead of staying stuck in, well, this is what I'm doing and I'm at a certain level. And if I, if I change, that's going to affect where I am. It's going to affect my employees. It's going to affect me. It's going to affect all these things. And just knowing that I had to kind of step a step away from that in order to, to start shifting and looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, that's terrific. <clears throat> so how did you transition? Like, obviously, you switched audiences, right? Because you went from a corporate mm -hmm. audience to to an online, you know, more entrepreneurial audience. Um, mm -hmm. How did, What was the most effective in helping you build a new audience? Um, well, so it's, that's actually interesting because, you know, one of the things I teach people is just package what you're already doing in a different way, right? So instead of like if you're doing one-on-one -on -one services or um, something like that, like, you know, what I had to do is I had to package what I was doing 
and then you know start with that and then sort of transition away from from even the audience right so the first step I took was who in my kind of in my world already would benefit from what I'm doing so I actually started teaching people who were um, were doing similar things to what I was doing who needed my skill set right and so that's where I I shifted from one-on-one to doing group um, training and and again I did it all online because that's my specialty is 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 how you you know engage people online and um, and teach people online so so I did that first shift and then I was like okay wait a minute like now I can shift within my my industry within my field and then the next question was do I do I like working with with those people, right? Like, or is there a different audience that I can serve at a super high level that I want to hang out with and um, impact and like just have a lot of fun with? And that's where I really had to look and say, you know what? I think I, I think part of where I'm burnt out, part of the transition I need to make is in who I was serving and that I wanted to work with super fun, um, you know, uh, entrepreneurs who were, you know, out there willing to make an impact and to, to serve other people. Um, and so then that just sort of brought me to shift my focus to that new audience. And so I didn't really change what I was doing. I just looked at it differently. Because when you look at it from the, the learner's perspective, the, your, your audience's perspective, you can just adjust your expertise to that new, um, new that, the, to that new audience, right? You're just like, what's the problem that they're trying to solve versus um, you know, the other audience that you're, that you're serving. So um, that was a transition for me. I'm sure a lot of people would say, nope, I don't want to work with corporate anymore. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> but for me, I kind of made a little bit of that transition um, because it was, it was, uh, I guess, more natural in terms of my awareness level. Sure. And what's helped you grow the new audience? Uh, well, just definitely stepping into it, right, and um, and being around um, and immersing myself in um, I call my people, right? Like, you know, when you find your group and you find your tribe that um, are like-minded people or um, just people doing similar things, it's just it it almost is natural to attract them and find them because there's alignment there, right? Versus, you know, when you're trying to find an outside of where your interests are or they're not, not aligned. It's, um, I've, I've been, you know, doing high level masterminds. I go out and kind of find where they are in the world and help serve. Um, so that's how I work with that audience. Nice. And so now what's your, what's your, niche now that that you've been doing this for a few years yeah i i mean i really my sweet spot is really helping those service providers and um and business owners who are looking to scale away from one-on-one or even one-to-many like live moving into scaling with um an, an online program an online course it depends on on what the um what the solution is but um but really stopping that whole trading hours for dollars piece is 
is who I serve um, the best because I think when you are doing one-on-one, you get to a certain place where you're maxed out. Right. And, and your time is, is, you know, you can look at your calendar and it's totally full. And until you make that shift to be able to package what you're doing and then offer it to more people, um, you, you get, you just kind of get stuck at a, a certain point in terms of growth. So that's really what I help people do is shift out of that, you know, that there is a way to do one to many without having, without losing customer experience, without losing that personal touch you have with your, your clients um, and really being able to look at building their business in a different way. Nice. Yes, definitely can relate and definitely appreciate that, that model. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so what, uh, what helped you develop your confidence um, in the online space? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think, um, so it, it, I, time is a little relative right now. And, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I feel like when I say, well, it, I think it was like three, four years ago, because I feel like I lost a whole year. Right. Um, but three, four years ago, I joined um, a high level mastermind program. And, um, and, and, developed a lot of great relationships and and a lot of um a, a lot of different insights in terms of um in terms of audience and so um i think that's the confidence you know in speaking with them and finding out what their needs are and how to solve for some of the challenges that i see colleagues and friends and other people having I think that just gives me the confidence to know, hey, I have something, like I have a superpower that people, other people don't have. And all I want to do is help them do it, right? Like a lot of times I'll, I'll talk to people and be like, it's that thing that you'll do for free, right? Like that thing that you just will naturally do or people naturally ask you for. Like, I think that's where I get that confidence because I'm like, when people ask me about you know, how, how to do something. I'm like, yeah, yeah, look, I can help you. <laughs> right. And, and just that desire to help them, um, I think is, is what gives me that sort of internal confidence. I think the other thing is, um, from a confidence standpoint is I don't think that, that, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think I've always had like just confidence that things are going to happen or work out, but I have belief that I have the ability to, um, to create not only like what I want, but help sort of just craft things that are out there in the world, right? So I think that's where the confidence in me comes from is I know I can dig in and figure it out, right? No matter what, like whatever it is, I'll just nice. dig in and figure it out. So when it sounds like you're not attached to the outcome, and so that recognizing your process has its value in itself and and trusting that the right outcome will come if I do if I do the work. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I can't say that I'm not attached to the outcome for a lot of things. Like I think that, that there's probably some things that are holding me back because I am so outcome driven. But um, but yeah, I think just digging in and um, and figuring out what's what's happening, always being curious, always looking out for um, you know, what, what is going on out there? What are the challenges? What are the things that, um, that I know that are within my sweet spot that I can help other 
forward. Nice. Like that's where that comes from. You mentioned the power of the mastermind and, and I just, uh, obviously I use masterminds. That's my, my main model and uh, for coaching, but how have, how have mentors, obviously you have mentors in a mastermind, but I'm sure you've had mentors outside of the mastermind as well. How have mentors been valuable in your journey? Mm, that's a great question. I think for me, the biggest thing is, is that is, you know, speaking of being attached to the outcome is um, sometimes I think you get stuck in your own head, right? <laughs> like I get stuck in my own head of like, this is how it's going to be. And, and, you know, if I can, you know, figure this out, this is going to be great. Or how do I do this thing? Okay, I'm going to dig in and, and figure it out. And I think, you know, having a coach, having somebody who is helping um, mentor you is essential because they can just help you think outside of your own crap or your own head or whatever. I mean, I just had a situation where um I'm working with someone right now who's, who's coaching me on a particular um, kind of thing that I'm working on. And it was so funny because all she needed to do was just kind of flip something that I had said or something that I had done just a tiny bit. And it made all the difference. And I was like, well, that wasn't hard, but I didn't get it because I was too close to it. Right. Like you're too close to it. You can't see it anymore. And you need somebody to come in and go, uh, hello, right? Or, <laughs> or have you thought about, or, you know, dig into this or whatever. Um, and so for me, it's, it's totally essential to help you get out of your own way. Yeah, one of my favorites is they tell you to get outside of the box, but the instructions are written on the outside of the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And until and until you have somebody else that's outside of the box to say, oh, hey, this is, it's, it's simple. And when they say it, you're like, I just paid you a thousand dollars for that, but it's like worth every penny because hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. Because yeah. now they now they they give you such insight that is obvious as soon as they say it, but you'll never have seen it on your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but that's so. but that's why it's so important because you have to like you could be the best in the world at what you do, but sometimes because of that it's harder for you to kind of get out of your own, your own expertise, your own kind of mind traps that you have around different things. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that as a great example of, of why, why we need coaches, why coaches can be mm -hmm. so valuable mm -hmm. um, and, and recognizing that it's, it's not necessarily that a coach is going to tell you, do this, do this, do this, do this. There are those kind of coaches out there. But the coach that can say, have you thought of this? Mm -hmm. and, and it changes everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's all its all still you, right? It's all still your choices, your decisions, and, and your business. And so I love that. So let's talk about gratitude. How has gratitude been helpful in your mindset? And mm, I love that. Um, yeah, I think that for me, my you know, my biggest why is my family. I have three children and um a dog and a husband <laughs> so i got a lot going on um but i think for me every day is the you know that gratitude of the fact that i can do what i do in order to be there for my kids i get to walk them to school i get to do all of those things um and just just that leading with that helps 
me stay in the game, right? It helps when things are a little bit challenging or, you know, maybe, maybe they have their desk next to me and now we're doing school at the same time that I'm trying to work, right? Like <laughs> staying in that mindset of gratitude helps get through all of those kind of little challenges that we go through. So to me, it's, it's a huge part of just remembering every single day and every time, you know, there's a challenge that comes up that that's staying in that space, I think, <laughs> helps, helps everything. Absolutely. So now I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. What was your most memorable date? Date? Yeah. Like. Hopefully with like, your husband. Oh, like I was going to say like calendar date or yeah, date with no. Yeah, date. date. Just fine. My husband. Interesting. Wow. I don't know. You may. Um, my favorite. Let's see. And I cut out right at that moment. Um, God, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I could use like last night we went to my husband is a huge country music fan. Um, I am not quite as much, but I am kind of starting to appreciate it a little bit. But being that we are in the country music, um, like capital of the world, he was in heaven last night. So we, we listened to some live music. We sat outside. We had a nice meal. And I think those are that's like my favorite time with him is we don't get a lot of that time with with all of the crazy of our um, of our lives. And so any time I can spend where we're just sort of hanging out and enjoying each other's company is to me the best part. Absolutely. That's fantastic. <clears throat> so what inspires you? Mm, I think I think the the biggest thing that inspires me is the the um the magic of being able to create to create something out of nothing Ooh. like i love i love that i get to do that every single day where i don't have to um follow a recipe i don't have to do kind of the same thing that um that sort of the traditional path but i think that just in general um I love helping people and I love um, kind of instilling in my children that um, you can create anything that you can imagine. You can create anything that you believe that you can create and there's no limitation to what you can do, right? You don't have to be limited by, you know, resources or financial means or education or whatever else. Like, you know, if you have a dream of something, go after it and, and work in until you figure out how to make it happen, right? There's always a way. Um, so I think that's what inspires me is when I see people doing that, when when my children do that, um, and when I can, you know, help other people do that every day. Yeah, I really like that. You know, just figure it out, right? It's like that scientific approach. You you've got to try something, try it, and figure it out. And if that mm -hmm. doesn't, if that's not taking you to where you want to go. Try something else. Try something else. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it, it's just like, you know, there's, there's patterns and, and like systems in your brain that like you have something that you're passionate about or something that you're, you're an expert in, or you want to be an expert in and you, you get to go out and like become an expert at that. And then, 
you know, create something that solves a problem for other people using your expertise. It doesn't matter what your expertise is. It could be in anything, right? It could be in basket weaving or in, you know, like going to the moon, like it could be anything. And you just, you come up with your approach for it and then you can help other people develop that same skill or, or improve what, whatever they're doing or um, whatever else just by creating your own system and then putting it out there. And I, there's so much power in that, that, that I just, I love helping people identify what that is. That's so terrific. Like, I mean, I, I tell people entrepreneurship boils down to this simple thing. We were created to help people and in whatever way you help people, whatever your superpower or whatever that is. I mean, maybe it's plumbing, like whatever your way of helping people is. If you mm -hmm. put that out in the world, you're going to be successful because mm -hmm. it's it's so aligned. And and the challenge for some people is that they they love helping people so much that they're afraid to charge for it. And mm -hmm. so that's the you know a challenge sometimes is saying, all right, you're really good at doing this and you're helping all of these people. Well, now you got to stop doing it for free. Right. right. Yes. Yes. But what a powerful lesson, right? Like when people are coming to you and they're asking you for something and there's value in what you, I mean, everybody has value in their expertise, right? doesn't matter what it is, but when you're able to exchange that value for, you know, financial means that allows you to continue what you're doing, right? Like it's not about taking people's money. It's about like, I get to actually then, you know, build a life around this that allows me to help more people. Because if I don't have the financial resources to be able to help people, then I can't help people. Exactly. Right? So it's it's just it's just that that transfer of value um, more than anything else. And I think that's where the power comes in because you're you're right. That's that's the big transition point is how do I go from you know doing something for free to charging for it, and it's it's just merely because people need what you have to offer. And if you don't charge for it, you can't offer it. Well, and you, or you can't offer it at the scale that you should, right? Because mm -hmm. for free, you can, you can help one or two people, but you still end up spending, you know, 40 hours a week at a job or, or all these other, but if you charge for it, you could help hundreds, maybe thousands of people because right. you have that gift. And so helping people see that charging for it is actually a service. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I had a, a mentor that talked about your money is a, a certificate of excellence. And so mm. when you, when you provide a service, they're giving you a certificate of excellence saying, Hey, this met my need. You did a great mm -hmm. job. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And so the, the money is actually, you know, helping people see money in a different way. And, yeah. and you mentioned the exchange of value, right? And, and that's it. I'm, I'm putting value out in the world and then being rewarded for it. Um, because mm -hmm. my services are, are helping people. It's no different than a roofer or a plumber. You know, their, mm -hmm. their work is obviously more, seems more tangible, but obviously you understand the value of coaching and you know how much coaching can help people, uh, you know, change their lives <laughs> at, right. you know, at such great levels. And so um, helping people do that, it's gotta be so exciting. <laughs> And well, and, and I think that what's interesting about that, right, is that when when you have that belief that it's not as tangible, then make it tangible, right? Create a process, create a method, create something that feels tangible to you. So then you feel comfortable charging for it, right? So, you know, maybe you have a methodology, maybe you have a, a you know, a process that you have created 
that helps people because because the, the what you're seeing is so true, but it's all in your own head, right? Sure. It's not actually like people are like, yes, this is valuable. I want to pay for this. But you're saying, well, but but this isn't valuable or it's not like a physical service or whatever. It, make it into that, right? I think that when I started the agency, that was one of the things that it was really easy for me to charge based on how much my team costs. And, you know, the, the materials and the, the physical space and all the things, right? So oh, it's going to, you know, cost me this much money to serve my clients. So therefore, I know this is my base. But this value piece in here was the harder part, right? I had, to, I had to get to that place where I was like, okay, so how do I reconcile that to myself when I'm standing in front of, you know, these corporations asking for, you know, a quarter half million dollar dollars for a project how do i like how do i do that stand there and be like yeah you know you need to pay us you know half a million dollars for this project um when i knew it wasn't going to cost that much right and so it i had to put it into a process i had to put it into something that um felt tangible for me in order to sell it and so it's that that similar thing i think is what's that tangible that you can make that then you can assign value to just even for yourself um, because people know that it's valuable but if you're struggling with that piece just define it and make it into something that feels physical or tangible to you so you know you can um you, so you're just confident in standing up and saying this is what it's worth this is the value of it absolutely and i, and I think recognizing that um, it's not just it's not just your service, right? It, thinking about all the costs involved in mm -hmm. even for an individual sitting at home doing it from their home office mm -hmm. has related costs that are part mm -hmm. of part of their day and rolling those in like you talked about the overhead in yeah. delivering a course. You know, my team costs this much, my accounting costs this much, my building costs this much, and dividing that over, you know. The period of time you're delivering the solution you're like okay well this is all my overhead right plus well, and your education and your um and your own coaches and all of that over all the time that has allowed you to develop this method or this 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 specialty right like all of the, those things are your costs as well absolutely and and then your value right your salary for yourself right on top of that and so that's that's your wholesale price right at that point and then mm -hmm. and then of course you you need to make it a retail price so you've got to add 25 or 30 percent to to make profit in your business because it needs to be above all of your expenses and so yeah that, those are those are great oh yeah and taxes yeah that's why well, yeah. you got to add 50 percent exactly. more <laughs> so, <laughs> right right yeah, yeah. chances, so, I mean, but that's chances are you're underpriced so. yeah 100%. But it all adds up and you don't think about that, right? When you're like, well, it's going to be, you know, however much for coaching, you just feel like you're throwing out a number and then that's harder to to sell, right? Because you're just, oh, I'm just going to throw out this number because that's what people are telling me to do. No, like do the math, figure it out. And then it, then it's like, oh, well, this is, this is a deal. Like you're getting a deal. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it, and it feels harder to figure out maybe the first time, maybe the first couple of times, right? You feel like, oh, <laughs> I'm sure that you deal with that with your clients a lot, right? Like yeah. 
their, their price, they're going to say, oh, 20 bucks is too much. Like, no, 200 bucks yeah. is, is getting right. closer. Right. And so helping them just change that, that mindset. Um, and I think it's, uh, for me, I, I kind of equate it to garage sale value versus, you know, market value. Right. And so, you know, don't put yourself out there like, like you're in a garage sale, just trying to get rid of your junk, you know, elevate right. your value. And, and the crazy thing is just changing your prices changes the, the vibration of your marketplace. Like, mm -hmm. um, and it's hard for people to do to, to believe that this is going to change things, but it actually, it really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Right. And, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, it, it, it's all just about the value, right? So if people are like, I can't afford it or I can't pay it. You're not, you're not articulating the value well enough, right? You're not, you're not giving them all of the wonderful, you know, things that you're going to do to help them solve the, the problem that they have. Um, or they're not the right audience. Or they're right, not the right audience. Right. Right. <laughs> all of your cheap neighbors and friends are not your audience. Yes, <laughs> the yes exactly. You're a nickel for every DVD in your, <laughs> in your garage sale. Right. Like, right. Well, but know. that's the thing. Like you think about it and you, and, and cause that's a great example is the people who, who shop at garage sales are typically not the same people that shop at like a Nordstrom or uh, something else. Do you want garage sales clients or do you want a Nordstrom's client? you know think about who you want to work with and and what you know what works best for you as you're as you're doing that that's a great example yeah we don't want to be discount retailers <laughs> no no so you mentioned raising your family running your business what what what's been you know the challenge of of raising your family and, and running your online business um well <laughs> Uh, the, the challenge is just like balancing it all, right? Um, I think that for me, um, for me, I know that I'm a better mom when I have, you know, when I'm able to, to do my thing and, um, and, you know, build a business and, and work my passion and do all of that. Um, and so I love that my girl, I have two girls and a boy. And I love I, all three of them get to see their mom actually do something. But but specifically for my girls, I love that they get to um, experience the fact that I've built something, you know, from scratch and, and made it into a, a company and, and done all of these different things. Um, I love that they get to see that. My husband's in a very traditional job. And so um, we joke that you know, we want them to see both, uh, which is, which is great, right? That they get a chance to see what it's like to work for yourself and be an entrepreneur building something online. And they get to see a very traditional um, job path as well. So they can make that decision um, for themselves as to what they're going to do. Um, and we influence that <laughs> as we teach them that. But, um, but so for me, I think that's one of the things I love about um, what I'm doing is not only I passionate and love, you know, being able to help people all over the world um, in an online business, but also um, that I'm able to kind of model, model being able to do that for my kids. Um, and, um, and I, I think that, you know, there's, I don't know if you've heard of Parkinson's law, which is 
like you have a certain, I'm not gonna be able to say it correctly, but like, it, it doesn't matter how much time you have, right? You're going to do what you need to do within that, that period of time, right? And so if I, if I know that I have five hours when the kids are at school, I'm going to cram everything into those five hours. So then, you know, I can, you know, do other things when they're home or, you know, um, take them or take them to their million activities, right? Um, if I, if, you know, Parkinson's loss is like, if, if you have 40 hours, you're gonna take 40 hours. If you have five hours, you're gonna take five hours. It doesn't really matter, right? So knowing that I can, you know, compress what I'm doing in that amount of time. And so, to me, it's just a much more efficient way of, of working than if I had 24 hours a day to, to do what I wanted to do. So, Well, the nice thing is you it forces you to focus, right? That's what Parkinson's mm -hmm. law really does is gives you deadlines. And the shorter the deadlines, the, the, the more work you'll actually get done right, um, right. leading up to it. And so, yeah, that's that's really good. So so what do you love to do in your free time? Uh, I love to be outside. I am super active. Um, I run, I walk, I do all those things. So for me, um, it, whether it's, you know, just on a daily basis, getting out and being in nature and walking or running or doing whatever, or if I'm with my family and we're skiing in the winter or water skiing in the summer on the boat or whatever, like just love to be um, out moving around. So that's what I do in most of my free time, other than driving everyone around every single <laughs> single afternoon. Yep, that's uh, that's definitely a role that can't be avoided. <laughs> right, right. That's that's a lot of my free time, but but yeah. Nice. So you mentioned Parkinson's law and and your shorter windows. Are there any other routines that that you practice daily? Uh, um, always, um, I always get up earlier than my family so I can have my time in the morning where I have kind of my morning routine of how I get ready for the day. Um, I'll, you know, read, read a couple chapters in a book that, you know, kind of feeds my brain. Um, I'll typically work out. I'll have a cup of coffee or two. Um, but it's, it's funny because as my family kind of shifts their schedule, if they wake up earlier, then I wake up even earlier. <laughs> so I'm like, that's my time. Um, so that's always, for me, super important is to start the day that way. Um, and so I think that's probably one of my biggest routines that I do. And then, then I take a pause. I get them all ready for school and whatever else they're doing, launch them for the day. Um, and then I will sit down and, and try and focus. So, um, so that's, that's a big thing that I always do uh, work for me working out um, and taking that time for myself is, um, is critical in terms of being able to get, get everything else done is taking, taking that, that time out where I'm able to recharge. Nice. So what's Tara's big dream? Hmm. I, I think for me, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, in that, still in that tr transition space of changing the kind of where I was from the agency to building um, my new online empire. So I feel like I'm in that, still in that transition. I maybe I will always be in that transition, but I think um, really being able to serve at the highest level and 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 serve as many people as possible online that allows me to 
um, to really maximize my abilities and be able to um, still do what I do, right? With with my like five hours or whatever I have during the day. So I think that's that for me is the big thing. And then um, and then the other thing is just um, ultimately successfully launching my family to then to the next stage of of their growth um, and what they're doing. So that's that's highly on my mind right now as I have two teenagers. Nice. <laughs> yes, launching launching your children is is definitely doesn't happen by accident. So planning for it is a good is a good start. So I typically end every show with with giving you a chance to say, to share your words of wisdom. So what are Tara's words of wisdom to our entrepreneurs that are listening? Ooh. Wow, that's a lot of pressure. I I've got lots of words <laughs> of wisdom. No, um I think for me the biggest thing is, you know, you have the ability to get out there and serve people um, in the way that you want to serve them, whether it's online or offline, one-on-one or one-to-many, you have something that the world needs. And so, you know, if you're struggling right now, finding people, attracting the people that you want in your world, keep going. Like just find your voice and keep going um, because there are people who need what you have to offer. And um, I think that, you know, the the other key component of that that we talked about was um, if you're not finding that thing, see if you could put some structure around it, right? How can you put some structure around your expertise that, that, that like gets to the heart of somebody's problem that you can solve? Um, because that's what's going to help bring people to you is having that kind of sense of system or structure that people are like, oh, you have that, I need that, um, is, is, is where that package kind of comes together. Nice. So, I think that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That's excellent advice. And Tara, I just appreciate you taking time today. What great stories and, and what great influence to share with those, those moms that are raising families and, and trying to you know, decide if they could do something like this. And so to, to show that, look, I can do it in five hours a day and, and I can still not sacrifice my time with my family. Um, such a great example. And so okay. thanks for sharing and just yeah. thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at addvalue2entrepreneurs.com. We've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination, putting off the work until the last minute? Well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life and business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27 and contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at addvalue2life.com slash action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.